Welcome to What The If News. All the news that's fit to mutate, 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 mutate. Speaking of mutants. That's me. That's me. That, that is my usual cue to enter the room. Yes. Slide uh, in on my tentacles. <laughs> I present the Kraken. Matthew Stanley, Professor Matthew Stanley is here from New York University. As always, how are you, sir? I am doing very well, thank you. And we are also here, mutants are often are uh, superheroes uh, in the best mm -hmm. of days. And so uh, speaking of superheroes, Gabby Panicia, how are you? I am doing good. From Rockefeller University. And these fellow mutants of ours, uh, of mine, um, <laughs> just, they just come in and I just say, what the, what the if is going on? And, and they help me understand. So we're going to jump right into it today. Um, we, we look at news about the uh, coronavirus, and then Gabby and Matt help us kind of understand it a little better. A very brief um, a clipping today. Uh, I was looking at Fox News, and uh, they had a headline uh, about the coronavirus, and it said it was from an article uh, in the Washington Post. So I went to the Washington Post. So I've checked two news sources. I've done my journalistic duty. Oh, yeah. Good. This is it's true. This is real. Uh, I can uh, somewhat guarantee that. And um, so I just want to do this. Here's the funny thing. I'm just going to read. Whoop, I'm just going to read the headline and the first paragraph. And we're going to see an interesting dilemma, uh, the, the difference there, how different they are. Okay. So listen for how different is the headline in the first paragraph. The Washington Post. The reporters are Chris Mooney, Joel Achenbach, and Joe Fox. This is uh, from a few days ago. Um, the headline, Massive Genetic Study Shows, uh, I, I don't know, it's probably a little bit unfair, but I'm going to do some music. <laughs> From the Washington Post, Massive Genetic Study Shows Coronavirus Mutating and potentially evolving amid rapid U.S. spread. Okay, that was the headline. Now here comes the regular text. <laughs> <laughs> Scientists in Houston, this is a little bit of Houston music, it's not really authentic, but scientists in Houston on Wednesday released a study I might be blasting myself out here. Scientists in Houston released a study of more than 5,000 genetic sequences of the coronavirus, everybody spin your partner, that reveals the virus's continual accumulation of mutations, one of which may have made it more contagious. The new report, however, did not find, hence the music here, that these mutations have made the virus deadlier or changed clinical outcomes. All viruses accumulate genetic mutations, and most are insignificant, scientists say. So, Gabby, how you, you know, I just, I just thought that it's a scary headline, and it, and, and, and it gets a little bit, it's fun. Here's why it's fun. It's fun because it tees up the ability to get some science. So, Gabby, what, what, I don't, I'm reading this, 
and I'm a dumb, I'm just a dumb cowpoke. And uh, apologies to actual Southern people or people that live on <laughs> people who are actual cowboys. Um, but uh, mutation just is a terrible word. It is a terrifying word right out of the dictionary. And uh, what's, what's good? So here's on the one hand, they're saying the virus is mutating. That can't be good. That can't be good in any way. In a sort of colloquial sense of mutating, and then they're saying actually it is mutating like crazy, but it's not a problem. So when they say mutation, what does that mean? What do I? What would if I could look into the same microscopes you look into? What would I see? Yes. Yeah, so we have this sort of misconception that you hear mutant, and you think that the behavior of the thing is somehow changed, like it gets a mutation and then it gets telekinesis and it's suddenly an X Man. Um, <laughs> That's not really necessarily the way that it works. So a mutation is... That's Uri Geller, a, by the way, isn't it? I think Uri Geller has <laughs> been spoons with his mind. So a, a mutation, what it actually really looks like, if you look at the genetic code, each letter of the genetic code, mutation is just changing a letter. Or multiple letters. Sometimes mm. a couple letters in sequence, depending on how much is mutated. But this, these things are happening all the time. So literally, as I'm sitting here... Some parts of my DNA are accumulating mutations. Whoa. If any, if I have a cell that's replicating somewhere, there's a chance that maybe like my DNA polymerase slipped up a little bit. Maybe didn't catch the fact that it made a mistake, couldn't didn't fix it, and then now that cell's stuck with one nucleotide, one little letter in DNA that's different than it was before. And normally that's not really a problem because genomes are huge, and you know one letter doesn't make too much of a difference. Viruses, however, can be a little bit more compact and sometimes don't really have as good of a spell check ability on their DNA. <laughs> Interesting. So they've got the ability to just, not necessarily the ability, but in the process of replicating themselves, they don't care as much if they make slip-ups. And sometimes it lets them reach new changes, new mutations that might actually help them out. So it's kind of like if autocorrect. You know, people, it's, it's sort of like, even, I think there's a whole website even, right? It's sort of like, darn autocorrect, damn mm -hmm. you autocorrect, right? And it's sort of funny things that have happened, funny words that have been suggested by the autocorrect on your phone or whatever. Um, it's as if autocorrect actually created, and this would actually be kind of cool, it created new words that were uh, useful or yeah. that caught on. So one, um, of the, one of the comparisons I like to make is, you know, because this is all like, you know, kind of, these are happening randomly. There's not necessarily a choice. It's a little bit like starting a recipe and maybe this recipe has like 30 ingredients and then one of them is just blacked out randomly on the list. Redacted. And then, and you have to just try to pick something else that goes with it. Not, you know, not thinking about it. My grandmother, it was said that when she passed on her, you know, she was an incredible baker. And she had a huge uh, box of recipes written on index cards, you know. But it was said that when she, people would ask for her recipes, mysteriously, she would give it to them. It'd be missing something. <gasps> oh, that's brilliant. That's sneaky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. Imagine it's redacted, but instead mm -hmm. of maybe making an informed decision, you just pick something randomly out of your fridge or your cabinet. So you could have, I don't know, a really excellent cake and then you need to figure out what that last ingredient is. And unfortunately, it's mustard because that's what you grab. Uh, and that's right. mutation. It doesn't necessarily always make something better. I mean, granted, okay, you could reach yeah. into your fridge and grab chocolate sauce and that might be awesome. But it's kind of a, you know, 
I would say mixed cake. Mixed bag of nuts is what okay. I was going to go so, for. You, but so I you make like 50 cakes um, and there's a totally random ingredient in each of them. And as you say, sometimes it's mustard. So a couple of the cakes are really disgusting. And sometimes it's chocolate sauce. So a couple of the cakes are better. But the vast majority of the cakes, you grab something totally bland. Um, like, I don't know, you put cornmeal in or something. Um, so the people eating the cake don't even notice it. Exactly. Okay, but they're all mutants. They're all mutants. They're all mutant cakes. But okay. there's not yeah. really that much of a difference. To, to pull back on metaphors a little bit, because um, I'll be honest, as a, a, I, I find metaphors tremendously helpful and I use them all the time. But also I remember, especially as a student, I would find it confusing, certain things. <laughs> so um, just, I, I guess it, it helps to understand what is the, the, the metaphor. So just real quick, this is super, super, super basic, but just so we don't lose anybody. When we say, for instance, there are letters, DNA is made up of letters. Uh, if I understand correctly, it's not actually, but by letters, what we mean is the DNA is made up of four different kinds of chemicals. Is that right? Yeah, like molecular pieces, basically. And you can arrange them in all different spellings, basically different ways, different right. orders. And that spells out the DNA. We, we say spells because your body does kind of like read it off in the way that it's looked at. It, it does feel a lot like reading. Um, right, right. But it is just different little molecular chunks fitted in adenine, cytosine, guanine, and thymine. And right. So, so a, for instance, adenine, if I say A, I look up, I could see basically what would look like a mo If I saw a little picture of it, it'd be like a little molecule. Yep. In, little in molecule. a particular shape. Mm -hmm. And yep. then, and then the other, so there's four different little molecules, I can imagine. And um, each of those would give a letter. And mm -hmm. Your DNA is made up of combinations of these, and actually, the, it seems that the, the way the DNA is used is that that is actually encoding information. Yeah, like it's like binary, only you know, like ones and zeros, but you know, you have two extra ones floating around. Yeah, what, what, what is that called, Matt? Bi the quad quaternary. Quad. Uh, it would be quaternary. Yeah, base four. Um, fascinating. So. So when we say uh, that it's mutating, in other words, in the DNA, so the DNA is a string of, uh, in fact, DNA actually looks like, isn't it like a long string of like gray? I don't know if it's gray, uh, but it it's, it's just. It hard to say what color it is. Ah, yeah, because okay. it'd, be, it'd be contaminated. I've seen it be white if pulled white. out of solution. So, sorry, that's like a sidebar. I watch a lot of science YouTube. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it is white if you pretty much everything it. is white if you grind it up into small enough pieces. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay, that's um, right. So long, white. You know, whatever. It, and and it's a little bit liquidy. It's, or it could be in any form. I suppose it's usually in a suspension of liquid. Yeah, yeah so you can do you stuff can with it. Precipitate it when you need to do stuff with it. Right. So yeah. Right. Chemicals and, are weird. And so when we talk about mutations. What happens is as that um, DNA is replicating itself, and there are there are other parts of the cell i suppose that help that there's a whole mm -hmm. mechanism going on there it's replicating 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 when a new cell is made it gets a new copy of that dna but yep. in that process sometimes the copy is not exact there's yes. a, a typo is made it's, or it, what we would call an error or that literal mistranslation is the mutation yes is that right yep there that's it, it. Is. that's yeah. all it is right so it's as if you took, um, for instance, you have a, uh, there's an app on your phone, uh, which is a computer program. You could literally, you know, if, the, if, you, if you knew how to get into the, um, into the command line, so, so to speak, you could see the computer program. You could print it out on a piece of paper. And mm -hmm. if you copied that 
piece of paper, but you accidentally put some typos in the words, most of those typos would probably cause the person who went to run that copy of the program, that would just cause it to crash, probably. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on where it is, if the typo occurred in sort of like the beginning or one of the most important parts in the display or something, it would crash immediately all the time and be useless. But it's mm -hmm. possible for the typo to have been made in some part of the app that you rarely ever use. It's there for some, you know, might even be only it's in the accessibility settings and da, 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 and you never notice it in some way. So that it continues to operate fine. So that would be okay. That would be maybe like a benign yep. uh, mutation. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happening here with this virus. Although unlike an app, it's a physical thing is born, right? So do, if I look at the, when they talk about, so there are 5,000 mutations. Could I look in, in my image of the coronavirus is these these spheres with those spikes coming out, right? The spikes are why it's called corona, right? It's like a crown. And if I could line up all 5,000 of those that they looked at in Houston, um, would I see, oh, 5,000 so different shapes? or They lined up 5,000 different genetic sequences, not necessarily mutations. Ah, Assumably, right. those sequences have some mutations in them based right. on like our oldest reference genome for the coronavirus. So that was like the first one that we got from one of the handful of infected patients in China at the time, all the way back mm. in, Christ, was that December? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. That they sequenced and they sort of mapped that, they, they aligned them to that, and they put one text underneath the other and then see, you know, yeah, where all the differences are. And they do come up as just like differences in what letter is down the line. And that's where computers can help, right? Because these strings oh, yeah. are, how, how long are these strings of letters? I want to say the coronavirus is like 30 kilobase pairs. So it's like 30,000 letters. Wow. Okay. And how's that and, compare to you, say? How many mm, mm. base pairs do you have? God, I think we're like 2 million or something. No, we, we've got to be more than that. Like, like 200 million. Uh, Depends on the day, Matt. That's <laughs> right. Uh, mornings you wake up, you feel okay. like a lot of base yeah, pairs. It's, Three billion base pairs. Okay. Whoa, so we have a considerably wow. a thicker genome than the coronavirus, which makes sense. You have to package all of the coding for an entire anywhere between, you know, five foot, to six foot tall organism. Mm -hmm. So uh, as opposed to a couple nanometers of virus. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to think about that sort of all of the chaos that the virus causes is packed into this tiny little uh, series of information right Thirty thousand. i mean that's tiny right that's a uh, your icon on instagram uh is more information than that yeah way more wow yeah, yeah. so 30 if we call it k is it's not exact because a k is actually 1024 in computers but if we call it k is in metric a thousand 30k versus what you said the person a person is three, three billion three billion which yes. is giga is that right so a person is three is a billion giga? A billion is giga, yep. Yeah, so three gigabytes is the DNA of one person. And uh, the, <laughs> the virus runs on 30K. Yep. Um, although the fact, that, honestly, that a human is only three gigabytes is pretty <laughs> astounding. Because I'm going to say, like, you know, those of us who work in computers these days, and especially I work in video, um, you know, a gigabyte is actually a tiny thing you know mm -hmm. i've got eight terabytes on my laptop 
<laughs> I could have a whole a lot of people running on there. Oh yeah, we are in a simulation. Okay, so um, and uh, also one last thing, and then we'll jump right up to the current issue. But before computers, was it people like you, Gabby, that would actually be the ones that had to compare? A string of thirty thousand, one string of thirty thousand letters, all left so to right to I another. Don't think there was good sequencing back then. Mm -hmm. uh, let me look up. Uh, let's see, when was Sanger sequencing? So Sanger sequencing came out in seventy seven. So computers were they had computers, but yeah, yeah, they they did. So yeah, yeah it, it's the whole process of sequencing is actually fairly interesting and slightly complicated. Um, so a I mean, little bit more than I how you get, how they figure out. Yeah, you can't just, because they're just molecules, you can't really read it, so you have to do a sort of chemical reaction. And just <sighs> as like a, a brief cool thing, um, they use molecules of adenine, cytosine, guanine, thymine, the, the four letters of DNA that have different colors of fluorescence molecule tacked on them. And so when they get, when part of those ATCs and Gs get cleaved in the process of incorporating them into DNA because a little bit gets snipped off. It releases the fluorescent part of it. And then there's like a camera in there that will register the different, well, the different colors as they come out. So th there's different ways of doing it either by you let it run and then you figure out which one's at the end, which color's at the end, and you separate it by size. So based on the size, it's like, too long, then at two, you have this point. At the one that's three long, you look at the end, and then you know the point that's at three. The one that's four base pairs long, you look at the fourth position, then you know what ends and so on. And then there's other ones that work as the DNA molecule is being built. So uh, it, it, there are tremendous this, variations. This is the, process, the colors is cool. really cool because it, you know, just as a visual person, it makes it much more <laughs> interesting to me and clear. Like I'm thinking of how, like you go to the amusement park and a roller coaster. Right at night, we'll have beautiful, like a whole long string of lights along it. And if I'm just thinking it's an amusement park because it would maybe all different colored lights, right? All lined up. That could, that's sort of what the DNA, if you had four different colored light bulbs in this long row of lights or Las Vegas or something like that. I mean, mm -hmm. if you want, I can actually, it might be cool to just put up on the site. I have just some sequencing files. I actually think I have like my mitochondrial DNA. Wow. Sequence. Well, yeah, that'd be So really I can neat. just show that to you guys. And it's, it's a sequencing reaction I did. So. Well, <laughs> apologies if it's a little bit weird at certain points, but I can just like, you know, put up a thing, make a breakdown for it to show you what each thing is. Because it is cool. They are cool to look at because it's just like different colored peaks and it, it looks really fun and a little bit, it, it looks more complicated than it actually is too. So it like looks nice <laughs> and intimidating when I have like six files open on my computer and they're all like the nice like, <laughs> That's awesome. bars. Yes, that is like, like the bridge of the enterprise or something. Um, so, uh, you mentioned that viruses, or before we, we did the show, you, you were mentioning uh, viruses uh, mutate like crazy. And I believe you had a very colorful expression, which I think we should. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'll explain a little bit more, more of what I meant before I used said colorful expression. <laughs> um, so I'm not just blurting that out with no context. Um, so the thing about viruses, slightly less applicable to SARS-CoV-2 because they have some proofreading. But for RNA, other RNA viruses that don't really look back over their genome, kind of check their work that much, they really are just prone to accumulating random mutations 
it's a very roll of the dice method. And there's a phenomenon that we refer to as quasi-species with these, which means that you can have a whole cloud of viruses, each with almost every possible mutation possible for the sequence. And that can include, you know, just different, like individual changes in amino acids. They can have big deletions because ultimately the individual virus doesn't care. So it's sort of just, you know, throwing shit to the wind, into the wind of just what sticks, what comes out and goes into the next cell and is able to replicate. It's really totally random. I, I always imagined it a little bit as like, if you've seen a zombie movie and there's always like a scene with like a blocked doorway or maybe like a trench where they're all just like running over each other and the first ones don't make it. They yeah. get like trampled or they get like <laughs> smushed against the door, but then the ones behind them make it. That's yeah. what it's like. It's this shambling process of like, Whoa. which one manages to make it through. Sometimes you'll have a virus where like almost all of its useful stuff is deleted out, but it happens to make it into a cell along with another virus that has the rest of the stuff. So it's able to be packaged and carried on, even though it shouldn't be. It's insanity and just like what makes it through. And so Part of what's interesting about this mutation is that it does come up. I mean, it is this shambling process of natural selection and what manages to be passed on, what manages to be effective. And it seems like this mutation, to bring it back, this D614G, must confer some advantage because it's been seen in a lot of other just genomes that we've analyzed. Whether or not they're all related to each other, I think is still a question i was looking at the um i was looking at like a nature paper on it and there's like three other small mutations that it has so they think it might have come from the same lineage but you know we've we've seen this d614g um mutation spreading and kind of assuming dominance since i think the first paper came out in like may ish so, so it sounds like if we were to wipe out this particular mutation let's say that it could come, it would come back through the just constant replication again of mutations. Or yeah, I think it wouldn't be impossible to say that it might come back because hmm. okay. it's Whoa. it's something that so it, it's right now a little bit debated about whether or not about how much of an effect it might actually have. But there is some evidence from studies done in cells that it may be more effective at infecting people. Whether or not that necessarily means like we're all doomed you know, take off your masks. It doesn't matter anyway. I, I really don't. That was what, the, for the record, that was basically the Fox News headline that led us into here was your masks may be useless because of this. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's not the case. It's, it's a mild, even a mild effect can be selected for because it's, you know, it, it's natural selection. It's just the thing that right. was if working works, slightly it'll better. it keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like so when we see the headline, virus is mutating, should we panic or is it just a uh, duh of course yeah. always, always panic always it's, i think that's what the hitchhiker's guide said panic <laughs> well the uh it, it's basically yeah your virus mutating it's like all right where like why what does it matter it's like is it a deletion like because if it's a deletion then it's like all right whatever it's probably just nuked its ability to function um so yeah don't right. panic neutered, if you're here. It, it gave birth yeah. to a neutered version of that yeah basically and so it's just like I, I wouldn't, if you hear virus mutates, don't freak out too much. 
because it does sound scarier than it actually is. We don't really know what it'll mean for us. It does seem to be, interestingly, the dominant mutation right now globally. And that's, I think, basically what the study was saying, that it's really taken over as the strain in the U.S., but there's not necessarily any evidence that it's causing, like, oh, we have all of these uh, brain complications now just because of this new strain. That, that doesn't uh, seem to be it. But that is the kind of thing we're talking In other words, a deadly thing would be that suddenly, for instance, you might get a whole new set of symptoms. Yeah, and so there are... It's a complicated, it's not usually one mutation that's going to mm, cause mm, something that, it, it's very rare when it would just be a single mutation that makes something more deadly. It does happen. So for example, I work with West Nile and there is one specific mutation which is known to just murder crows. Mm? Extra dead. It, it infects extra birds. Extra dead. Extra dead. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a very like high pathogenicity mutation for them. But it doesn't mean that the virus always gets it because in places where there's crows, it's not any better. Without crows, it's not, not any better. Yeah. Now, Matt, in, in 1918, I think I read that the, the to a big talk of the second wave, so to speak, was because mm -hmm. the virus mutated as well as perhaps winter came or something. But. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the case. Um, there, yeah. are, there were different strains of the 1918 um, flu virus, and they're still... Those strains are still around today. I don't know oh. if the second wave was particularly caused by um, a mutation. Right. Um, generally, you get a second wave um, even without mutation. Yeah, that is true. Uh, right. Um, so, for instance, if it was called variation, uh, it wouldn't be as terrifying, and it might be more accurate uh, to the level of alarm a scientist would have when they hear the word mutation. Yeah, I think that would be a lot better. And, and like you hear stuff too where I think people are really eager to use the word strain. And I think in this, play, mm. in this case, it does apply. But I've seen articles that are claiming like there are thousands of strains of SARS-CoV-2. I think there's only like 10. There are what, thousands what is a strain? Exactly. So strain is, it sort of has like a dual definition. It's, oh God, let me see. Because I, I was just looking this up to make sure that I wasn't wrong. Right. Um, <laughs> It's, it can mean like the most, a, a most common variant of a virus. Um, so in, or it can also mean like a functionally or we used to term immunogenically different version. So you might think that like a different strain is say one that can't be recognized by the same vaccine. So each year you get a different ah. flu vaccine because there's different strains of the flu. Right. And whatever the dominant strain is that year is probably not the same that it was the previous year because we have a vaccine. So, so once something mutates, it is now in a different strain. I not suppose. necessarily. Okay. okay. So it's strains are more based on like effect of the virus. So for example, mm -hmm. it behaves mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So an example from West Nile, which is more what I work with, New York 99 is the strain that came to the U.S., and it causes central nervous system pathology in mice. They get brain-related symptoms. And Texas O2, which was a strain recovered three years later, does not. There's only like 30-something nucleotide differences between them. And then I checked, and it's like eight amino acid differences. So eight slightly different building blocks in the subsequent protein. But somehow that's enough to cause a difference in the way it behaves. 
it's not uh-huh. a huge difference. It's still fundamentally West Nile. Yeah. Um, and the exact, I guess, implications for human disease are not currently really well known. But that's enough to call it a strain. The one letter difference between, you know, a virus that may infect me and has one mutation and a virus that may infect you that has just, you know, two letters different from each other is probably not enough to call it a strain. Right. Like, I mean, you could have a mutation that basically causes some cosmetic difference versus one that creates a lethal venom. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, fantastic. So lastly, I just want to touch on, Gabby, you said you, you are now, uh, you got accepted into the vaccine trials. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think it means I'm accepted. I mean, they, they, I have an appointment on Thursday. Um, for... this, this, re- this requires, this definitely requires a little bit of music. You've been accepted. Welcome. Well, <laughs> Confetti. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, it's... vaccine trials. I'm actually really kind of excited. I mean, granted, it's a 50-50 chance whether or not I actually get the tester vaccine or you know the placebo, which I think is just like salt water injected in my arm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I'll, I'll report back. Apparently, it's supposed to take about four hours of filling out forms and I guess giving them <laughs> medical information. And they draw blood. They want to make sure that you don't have like 80 million other diseases that could confound their study. Um, and that when I say, um, you know, a healthy you know, woman in appropriate age for the study that I don't walk up and I'm actually 90 and like on death's door trying to participate in this. Try to sneak your way into the study. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'll never find me out. Yeah. Matt, would you sign up for this? Um, if they wanted me, but generally they've got plenty of uh, middle-aged white men. So. <laughs> All right, noted. White men stand down. Mm-hmm. We're good. Uh, well, that's great. So we're going to look forward to continuing updates uh, from the trial. Um, what would it? So if it kept you from getting coronavirus, we wouldn't even know because you wouldn't get it. But I guess the unfortunately, the one clear bit of data you might get would be that you have a bad side effect. Well, so the the idea is more the antibodies the antibody Uh, response that's more what they're interested in and whether or not it's effective if everyone if 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 say like 20 percent of people in the overall study got coronavirus but that 20 percent was heavily skewed towards the people who didn't get the vaccine then that might point towards effectiveness but if it was the same rate for both uh uh-huh. you know vaccinated and placebo then it might suggest that it's not really doing that much i mean granted i'm not about to like waltz out of there the minute i've got shot and be like i'm immune yeah uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> if it works amazingly actually if it works you would be one of the first people uh to be yeah, vaccinated that be exciting. Yeah. that's pretty cool yeah i mean you know fingers crossed there's no ade which i don't think there is but uh what's that oh antibody dependent enhancement it's a phenomenon with some viruses where you get antibodies and uh it makes your infection worse actually if you get it again Okay, caveat for the audience. It does not seem to be evidence of that. Right. Uh, But you might get x-ray vision or... Yeah, I could could do with that. Telekinesis. I've got money on it. We're going to keep an eye on the telekinesis uh, (laughs) functions. We start hearing reports of spoons at Rockefeller University. (laughs) Seriously (laughs) bending. We will know. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you as always. This this has been a very helpful uh, tutorial for me in many ways. I really appreciate it. Um, if you're listening and you also found it useful, tell us. Let, let Gabby know. 
that she's she's helping you understand the world that we live in uh to not fear the mutants don't fear the mutants <laughs> Yeah, the shamble, if the shamble, shambling, shambling zombies. If you see a, that's a new probably thing not the best analogy to make when I'm telling people not to panic. It's such use a great word. <laughs> it a shamble, it's a shamble of zombies coming our way. <laughs> uh, maybe I think of you know, spoiler alert near the end of Game of Thrones. There was a whole <laughs> they get attacked by the zombies, and yeah, they literally just like some of them die on purpose just to like. Oh, we'll knock out this fire. We'll lay on this fire. We'll all die. Yeah. Matt, anything you want to uh, plug? Any no. shambles coming your way? There's nothing. Nothing happening. Nothing happening. Um, Gabby, anything you would like to plug? No. Well, I mean, I, I made it the last time the uh, the plug for the MIT uh, COVID lectures. They're right. very fantastic. Huh. They just had Fauci on for the last one, and he had oh, the uh, best figures I've ever seen. Like the best graphs. I was it. I literally was taking so many photos of the graphs for his lectures. They're all wow. recorded, so you can watch them. The graphs were just very, very intelligent ways to plot the data, and it was a lot of data that I'd wanted to see, but I'd been too lazy to sort through and find <laughs> myself and plot. And it was just really beautifully well done. And also, I just have tremendous respect for that man, and I hope he gets to retire. <laughs> he looks so tired. Yeah. Well, I've got, man, I must say, when you hear about Dr. Fauci, that is one of the first things you hear. He's got a great figure. <laughs> he looks wonderful. He looks, looks a little tired. It's also just um, nice to hear as a scientist, like him talking a little bit more science because like, you know, the public, oh, I mean, yeah. he, he doesn't go super in depth, but it's still just like a little bit more technical than you get to hear him usually talk in public. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that yeah. sounds really cool. Look that up. Um, if I remember, I put the link on the page. Um, so thank you all for listening. You can email us feedback at whattheif.com. Uh, send us, send Gabby your compliments or questions. Um, we, we she is happy to answer. We're mm -hmm. we we are happy to play stump the Gabby. Um, <laughs> if you uh, also, where else have you heard the word shamble in your life? I just I'm curious to hear other situations of shamble. Descriptions of my office. Yeah. Did you <laughs> <laughs> did you survive the shamble? Yeah. Um, Leave us a review if you would be so kind uh, on the podcasting app that you're using right now. Uh, give us a rating, which is a bunch of stars. That would be fantastic. And uh, if you want to write a little text, that's a review. That would be fantastic as well. By the way, if you do, let us know uh, uh, and send us your review. I will read it on the show because I'm happy to uh, give you a shout out. Um, so from the uh, WTI. F World Headquarters in Brooklyn, New York, and our auxiliary offices in uh, Washington Square, Manhattan, and at the Rockefeller University on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Um, I hope you are all well, and uh, keep in touch. We will see you next Monday. This is terrible. Somebody hire <laughs> an engineer, for God's sakes. Bye, everyone.